I know everyone this weekend is anticipating the announcement of priest assignments. As you know, throughout the Archdiocese of Cincinnati, uh, this weekend with all the beacons of light reshuffling, this weekend we're announcing the priest assignments. And maybe you already heard, and I know that's the way technology seems to go, but I figured I'd first start with Father Jedediah. So after a lot of prayer and discernment and uh, the approval of the Archbishop, Father Jedediah Tridal plans to enter the Discalce Carmelite religious order this fall. And so a lot of prayer and discernment has has gone into that. And so he'll be entering religious life once his assignment is over here on June 30th. And so we're um, kind of excited about that, that step of his, of his faith and this vocation blossoming, blossoming in our midst. And I know there'll be, there'll be time to ask questions because that's a very unique thing and time to offer our support and say farewell. And so I just want to encourage everybody to, to pray for him. And so that means we'll, we'll have a spot for a new parochial vicar. So one of the seven men who will be ordained on May 21st will be serving as the parochial vicar for our four parishes. And so then once he's ordained on May 21st, he'll begin his assignment here on the 1st of July. So please pray for, for this young man too, for this man who's preparing for ordination, this guy who's um, on his path towards, towards the priesthood here in a few, few short months and then be serving as a priest in our parishes. And then finally, it's uh, my great joy and honor to continue serving as the pastor of the four Petersburg parishes. It's a, a really great honor and a great blessing and something that I'm, I'm really thankful for. And as we're kind of leading up to this, and even as the assignments were kind of being worked on before is asked, in prayer, I, I basically told the Lord, you know, whatever, whatever you want, I'll say yes. I'd really like to stay, but as soon as whatever is asked of me, I'll do right away. But I am really excited and really happy and pleased to stay. And of course, that's for, that's for a handful of reasons. I mean, the first is just to see the fruit of all the Lord is doing. The Holy Spirit seems to be so active in people's lives, to be so present in all the things that are happening in, uh, in souls, in people's lives being transformed by the death and resurrection of Jesus Christ. It's absolutely astounding to get to witness that. And so just seeing all the good work the Lord has already done and being hopeful of the good work he plans to do, it's humbling to be part of that. And maybe another, maybe related reason that I, I really was excited to stay, I am excited to stay, and was asking the Lord too, was the people. I just look out at a, at a Sunday Mass and see all of, all of you. I get to see people who I, maybe I got to confirm some of our teens last year. There's children that I got to baptize or couples whose wedding I got to witness or even um, beloved family members who celebrated their funeral mass. And so all of these relationships and, and maybe some of them are intense situations like a funeral and maybe sometimes it's just memories of chatting in the stands of a basketball game or, or something like that. So all of those relationships that have grown over these past five and a half years, I'm, I'm really grateful to get to continue those. And so, of course, as, uh, as this Beacons of Light process goes, the parish family, the four parishes remain the same and the, the pastor remains the same. And maybe there's a sense of uh, just passing over that the Beacons of Light process is just going to kind of affect other parishes, but largely it won't 
affect us. And, and that's not exactly the case. You know, there's still a lot of work to do. There's still things that we'll, we'll be doing, ways that will deepen our unity and we'll grow together. And I've been trying to think about this in my own head to try to contextualize what the beacons of light is really about, not just for us, but for the entire archdiocese. And the best analogy I can come up with and trying to make sense of it is a war analogy. So in a battle, if you have your, you have your line, you know, you're fighting the enemy and you realize that you're, you're taking on casualties, right? You realize like, mm, we're getting, we're losing this battle and this battle, we're not, it's things aren't improving, right? Like this tide isn't turning and that outlook isn't great. And of course, our faith is a battle, right? It's Christ against Satan. It's the victor of Jesus Christ over the perpetual enemy. And even as we think about our own, our own faith and our own parishes and the, in the archdiocese as a whole, there's a sense of this. Like we see some signs that are alarming in how this battle's happening. And of course, those like just raw numbers or sacramental participation, whether it's people going to mass and number of weddings is, is pretty alarming throughout the diocese or even Catholic school enrollments, right? We just don't, uh, we, we see kind of shrinking. In, in the lives of people, in the lives of, of souls. And, and I think we all know stories about that, right? We all have people who, in our family members and our friends, who no longer practice their faith. And, or maybe our own children, right? They go off to somewhere else and they no, they no longer put God as the center of their lives. I was talking to somebody recently here, here in town who found her old confirmation picture, you know, the whole class. And I think probably in their in her, uh, in her 30s and thought like two or three out of 30 from her confirmation class are practicing. And even you think about like priestly vocations, we haven't been sending many. We haven't sent one from our four parishes since 2008. And we had one man enter for, for a semester, but um, so we said, what does that, what does that have to do? Or what is this, what do we do about this, right? We see these, these battles coming. And this war analogy, basically you have two options, right? You can hold out to the last man, right? You can draw the line and say, we're not moving. We're not doing anything. We just got to keep fighting and hope a different outcome comes. Or can retreat, strategically retreat for a counterattack, right? Our battle lines have gotten so spread so thin that we're under attack and we're struggling, what could you do but a, a strategic retreat? And I think this is what the Beacons of Light consolidation plan is about. We could just keep things the way they are and hold out to the very last person. Or we could pull back and gather our resources. We could build a united, we could unite these parishes into a single parish family and in, eventually into a single parish. And that's what this is. It's a, it's a chance to gather resources. And please, please don't re read between the lines too much it's about decisions that could be made or may be made. I'm not there, but I'm just trying to contextualize everything because we've done so much, right, to, to gather our resources. So in all of this, it takes a whole lot of prudence, right? Because even in a retreat, you think there are some places that you need to retreat first and other places that you can kind of hold on for a little longer, um, but it takes, it takes time and you don't want to do things too quick. If you retreat too quick, people get left behind. And so what's the right way to retreat? What's the right way to gather resources to consolidate? It takes a whole lot of prudence. It takes a whole lot of wisdom, which is a gift 
from the Holy Spirit. And it's not going to be easy. It's, it's going to challenge us. It's going to invite us to transfer, transformation. Yet that's always what the cross does. Right? The cross is presented in our lives to transform us. Whether we're the, you know, assigned to a brand new family of parishes this weekend somewhere in, you know, in Cincinnati or in Dayton, or whether we're just living in a parish somewhere, somewhere in the archdiocese, these crosses are a path to becoming saints. And it's quite the road that we're going to be on, but it's our path that you and I were born for just a time such as this to become saints. And that's really possible. And we know that's possible because of this second reading that we heard from St. Paul's letter to the Corinthians, right? He says, if Jesus Christ hasn't risen from the dead, then everything we do is in vain. If Christ hasn't conquered the grave, then everything is worthless. And that gives us a whole lot of hope because he really has risen from the grave. He's climbed the cross. He's taken upon all the hardest things of humanity, abandonment, death, injustice. He's taken this all to himself and risen from the dead. Christ has overcome the grave. And that fills us with hope, especially in challenging times. And that's the hope that each and every one of us have at this point. And it's the hope of how we get transformed into being saints into such, at, during times such as these. It won't be an easy thing. I don't want to minimize that. I know it won't. There are plenty more sleepless nights ahead for me. And yet, the Lord is risen from the dead. And that has to give us a whole lot of hope. So as we're participating in this plan throughout the entire archdiocese, this kind of quote-unquote strategic retreat, we can never lose hope that Jesus Christ has died on the cross. And as St. Paul hammers home to us today, Christ has conquered the grave.